0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week we have a dear friend of mine back from the day when we were living in Alaska, middle school, high school. Um, the same group of friends I've had forever, I mean <laughs> since middle school and high school, um, you know, 36 years old now my good friend Eric Hawk. Uh, Eric Hawk is now playing guitar for Portugal the Man. Um, he jokes that he took my job on there and he didn't really take my job. <laughs> um, I was already gone before he came along. There was a couple more after me, um, but it was it was funny all the same. And uh, that's just our sense of humor. You know, we've got a lot of inside jokes and a lot of fun stuff went on in this episode. There's a lot of talk about um the early days when we were playing back in high school in bands battle of the bands we were doing you know local shows trying to build a local scene trying to get a skate park built up in Wasilla Alaska through Sarah Palin uh, back when she was the mayor and i mean there's a lot of heritage and history uh in this episode and uh you know Eric and i have been friends a really long time and uh you know i consider him one of my one of my best buddies and you know one of my longest running friends and uh, Ironically, almost all my longest running friends from that day um, are either in Portugal the Man or were part of Portugal the Man because um, we all, you know, it was a very incestuous um, kind of scene up in Alaska, especially out in the valley where where uh, we all came up, um, you know, versus Anchorage. So, um, anyways, guys, I'm really stoked to bring you this episode. This was a really special one to me having Eric on, you know, after so many years and and just going back through the the memories and the stories. So I'm really glad you guys are able to share that with me and and uh, be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Um, and I know Eric had a good time. So I want to get some business out of the way before we jump into the episode, per usual. So um, we actually have a new sponsor um, this week and and this month on Peer Pleasure. So uh, Stump Down Mattress. I know a lot of you guys have probably seen their ads on Instagram. Um, what a fantastic company. Uh, I reached out to Michael from Stumptown Mattress, you know, about, you know, working together. I love working with local companies in Portland, uh, you know, like Sticker Ninja and Stumptown Coffee, um, you know, really like promoting Portland companies where we're from. And these guys are amazing. Um, they sent over a king size mattress and I've been sleeping on it for the past week. And it is like, literally like sleeping on a cloud. Um, I know there's a ton of those online mattress companies, the Bed in the Box, Companies and I'm sure a lot of them are great. And I know Michael and Company ordered a lot of them when doing their research for Stumptown Mattress. And their stuff is all done in the Northwest. It's the only online mattress company in the Northwest. It's sustainably made. You know they hire local people, and the product is fantastic. Um, you know, they've been going at this for a while. I know they, they ordered a bunch of mattresses to see what the, you know, all the, the hype was about on these mattresses. And they really tailored what they wanted to do to this mattress. You know, it's not too soft, it's not too hard and it sleeps cool. Exactly what they said. You know, I was shocked. I got it here. We just moved into a new house and set it up. And literally I am, as a lot of you guys know, I am 350 pounds six foot five. I'm not a small man and to feel weightless for eight hours a night is unreal. I've never laid on a mattress like this before. Um, you know I've tried the caspers, I've tried the purples, I've tried all these different mattresses because a lot of my buddies have podcasts have been sponsored by these people and so I've tried them out and this Bar none hands down is the elite mattress. And I'm not just saying that because I have one, but I definitely have room to talk because I do. So StumptownMattress.com is the website. Their prices are extremely competitive. They've cut costs. They have free shipping through the the lower 48. I've already had people reach out about them. Check them out, guys. StumptownMattress.com. Check the prices. I mean, you're not going to find a better deal. And let them know that Dewey from Pure Pleasure sent you when you order this thing. And, you know... Listen to the podcast while you're laying on this cloud. I'm telling you, it's fantastic, and I really appreciate it. Thank you to Michael and all the people over at Stumpdown Mattress for hooking up Peer Pleasure, and I'm stoked to be working with them, guys. Um, and I also want to mention uh, they are just fantastic people. They delivered it themselves. My wife picked it up right at the front door. They deliver it to your door if you're in town here in Portland. I mean, it's a real... Mom and pop feel, which I love to promote on this podcast. So thanks again to Stumptown Mattress, stumptownmattress.com. Check them out and we'll be talking about them all month this month and, uh, you know, see how things do. So thank you to those guys. Uh, com is the website, guys. Hit us up on the socials. PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com is the email. If you want to get in touch with me, have questions, um, like I said earlier, a lot of people have reached out to me so far on Stumptown Mattress after posting it on Instagram to ask me you know how I felt and uh, yeah so peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email hit me up questions comments concerns guests ideas anything uh, I always check my emails and always answer back so a lot of you have emailed me and, and get a response right back so keep that coming but guys I'm really stoked to bring you this episode with Eric uh, Portugal the man has been blowing up I mean one of the biggest bands in the world right now Grammy winners I'm so proud of these guys, and I'm so glad they got Eric in the band because it keeps everything in-house really close with our group of friends, and it, it's something really special. It always has been, and they are working on a new record right now. It's going to be fantastic, and you guys all know it is, and I know you're all excited to hear it, and they're down there working on it now, plugging away, plugging away, and plugging away. They work harder than any band I've ever seen. Um, from you know playing with those guys to growing up with those guys, they've always worked hard. And it's something I've always admired and you know tried to learn from and and uh implement in my own life. So uh without further ado, guys, let's jump into this one with my good friend, Eric Hawk from Portugal the Man. <laughs> What's up, dude? How you doing, buddy?
1: No, I'm real good. Just hanging out in my backyard, watching the sunset, and uh, feeling good about the world. How you doing?
2: Living life, dude. (laughs) Tell
1: you what, yeah.
2: Dude, I am uh, (laughs) sitting uh, in the car, and I am looking at a bunch of mud puddles and a prohibited camping ground uh, behind Mm -hmm. a window shop.
1: (laughs) I will tell you something. This is a this is a rare phone interview um that I'm not doing in my car. I usually I usually jump in my car and uh I live fairly close, like about a half a mile away from this private beach. And in most of metropolitan Seattle, as as I'm sure you know, the uh the reception is fucking dog shit. <laughs> yes. Um But I live really close to Carkeek Park, which is kind of equidistant between Shoreline and Ballard and Golden Gardens and all that. There's not a lot of people that live down there, but it gets all the good, you know, cellular juju. So usually, um, also, I think there's just something romantic about looking at the ocean when you try and think of answers to questions contemplatively. And uh, yeah, you just see the sun setting behind (laughs) the Olympics and you kind of feel like no matter what kind of dipshit thing you say in response to to a question, like it it holds a little extra a little extra oomph, a little sure. extra gravitas.
2: Puts you in the right mindset to make things happen.
1: But <laughs> today you're shit out of luck because I'm just hanging out on my deck. So no, this you're is gonna good. get whatever. Whatever kind of dipshit thing comes to my comes to my head first. This That's is, what
2: you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. I've I've got plenty. I've got plenty. This is hilarious to think about in, well, for you and I because, I mean, we go back a very long ways. Who thought, you know, back in fucking middle school, high school, that, yeah, you know, in like 18 years, I'm gonna be interviewing you on a podcast while you're sitting on your deck in Seattle. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, let's not, <laughs> let's not, uh, let's not dance around the subject matter too much. I, I totally took your job. You did. <laughs> like I, you I, did. I fucking swiped it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely did. You dirty bastard.
1: i never expected someone from the town.
2: Oh, like, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's hilarious because yeah, you're, you're, but your life is drastically different. <laughs> than uh it was for for when i was playing with those guys because now it's fucking busy as shit like a couple, every... cu- couple of
1: things um first of all i'm just keeping keeping it warm for you mm-hmm. you can have it back whenever you want yeah. <laughs> um and the other thing is like we 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 get asked um fairly often i I think I heard Zach mention something along this wheelhouse to you in his episode, but, uh, you know, we get asked a lot, like, you know, how has your life changed and how are things different uh-huh. and better? And, you know, how's the, how's the gold star treatment? And it's like, man, I still, I still fucking had Doritos for dinner last night. <laughs> like, he the did thing, say that. <laughs> like the thing about just the base level job is it's kind of, kind of weird and gross and uh, you know all those things and the older you get the more sort of matthew mcconaughey and uh, you know <laughs> i keep getting older they still they stay the same age like that doesn't have to be sexualized that can just be about you know life yeah and art and all those things like <laughs> i'm definitely too old for this shit
2: <laughs> <laughs> man well oh this is this is awesome I'm really glad we're doing this because I've wanted to do this for a long time and uh, it's 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 awesome to have you and and for those listening in I've already I just start recording when I call so uh, I figured yeah for those out there this is Eric Hawk from uh Atoning Sacrifice drummer yeah um and uh (laughs) if you're not familiar um I mean, cutting edge, cutting edge Christian hardcore from Wasilla, Alaska. Um, I mean, taking Dude. the scene by storm, and uh,
1: Gideon, Gideon, and Jerry were just—they were—they were phenoms. Yeah. Thing. Um, I'm I'm gonna take this opportunity. I know that we're just like <laughs> casting this gigantic inside joke to all of your your base and all your listeners right yeah. now. Which is, yeah. Probably unfair, but um, <laughs> um, something about you that has always kind of grabbed me. You were always extraordinarily supportive and cool to me at a at a point in in your life and in our arc where you absolutely didn't have to be. Um, you were always, you know, like the number one sort of champion of of any kind of music that was going on in that town. And I think, you know, with, without any prompts or outside influence, like you just kind of became this sort of this sort of, you know, male cheerleader <laughs> that, really, that really pushed all of
2: us in in, in
1: in the middle of our backs in in kind of a way that, you know, a lot of. Sort of slack jawed '90s kids in Alaska needed. Like your your enthusiasm has always been my favorite thing about you. So
2: wow, well, thank you. Um, I, so I'm
1: just super happy to be on a phone with you,
2: dude. You know? That's awesome to hear because I I was just so excited about music in general. Like I, I came into it I came into live music later. Like I was like 14 I think um, when I or no a 16 when I saw Social D for the first time in in Anchorage. And that was my first like show show where I bought a ticket. It wasn't like watching Zach, but it was like, yeah, the Egan center. And wow, that's, that's late in the
1: game. Yeah. Like you could, you could have driven to that life changing experience. Yeah. (laughs) Legally.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it was, and I, yeah, I lost, uh, I ripped my social distortion shirt. I lost a shoe. It hit Mike Ness in the leg and, uh, to which he stopped the song and said, uh, whoever threw that shoe, bitch, I'll fuck you in the ass. And that was, was you. That was me. And <laughs> that I just was you. I was at that show, dude. Yeah, that was my <laughs> shoe. So I had the rest of the show with no shoe on, trying to crowd surf and get the whole experience. And that was like what did it for me, where I was just like, "Wow, I want to do this forever." At the time, and uh, well, at that
1: at that point, mid to mid to late nineties, Mike Ness would have fucking mopped the floor with you. Oh, like shit, you probably. Yeah. You probably had a couple inches on him, but that dude was like Hugh Jackman built. Yeah, yeah, he was <laughs> he cut was
2: at that point <laughs> crazy built.
1: So you don't want to be like that was my shoe, sir. Yeah, you would have fucking lost all of your um, all your top teeth. <laughs> well, I've told with one cut.
2: <laughs> I've told this before, but if I ever have him on the show, that's what I'm going to start with is that story because it's fucking hilarious, and I've always wanted to tell him. That was my shoe.
1: <laughs> I think, yeah. You just you you do a cold open. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he answers the phone. He's like,
2: "Hello, this is
1: Mike Ness." And you just go directly into that quote, like <laughs> whoever threw that shoe, I'm gonna fuck you in the ass. Yeah. And uh, see if he gets
2: it, dude. I've been preparing for it the whole time. I've been stretching and and uh, you know what's that olive oil massage to relax the. Oh yeah. Yeah, like they do for childbirth. That, that,
1: uh, that that white person massage that's super super clutch right now oh my god
2: so you
1: so you didn't see you didn't see any of those other sort of sort of formative anchorage shows that were were coming to the egan and the sullivan before that then because i i remember i remember social d but before that you had like the ones that kind of changed my world and, and fucked my shit up real bad were uh you know like Primus at the Egan, or, yep. or you know that Slayer show or um God I don't know there was some huge ones Agent Agent Orange yep, at, at gigs, gigs honestly was you know <laughs> that 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 was that was an invasion
2: I remember um, into uh, my brain. was Agent Orange then there was Fishbone uh unsane came up uh, <laughs> yeah
1: they sure did
2: <laughs> I, yeah primus white zombie pantera i missed everything like i just either my parents wouldn't let me go like they because they didn't want to go with me and I, yeah. I grew up in like a pretty strict mormon household so eventually they lightened up but like yeah i was like oh, i want to go see white zombie no no uh i want to go see Marilyn manson no <laughs> you know to where now uh, yeah yeah that was the one they're finally like social distortions, like all right. Yeah, you can go to that one.
1: I feel like uh I feel like in twenty nineteen Unsane can probably still move twelve hundred tickets in Anchorage, Alaska. Oh probably. Like that that was that was one of those that was one of those I mean that was the thing about Anchorage is if you made the effort and you rented the gear and you booked a couple charter flights and came up here, like we would we would suck you off so hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we
2: we'll would be talking about like, it forever. Yeah,
1: we're talking about it right and now.
2: Every, yeah, everyone made up <laughs> stories about chasing Malimo for white zombie. And, like, they just yeah. blew things out of proportion. It became this fucking fishing story that just, yeah, it was absolutely hilarious. But,
1: but there was, like, the the, the kid that put an M80 in a Coke can and made, like, kind of a nasty smell at the gigs show. And that eventually... <laughs> sort of you know evolved into like a girl's face got exploded off oh. like a pirate. like that's you know it's, it's all fishing stories that's that's where we're from
2: sure the worst thing i did at gigs besides throwing clear knox gelatin on everybody on our first show there um gross. we made buckets of it it was gross uh we just wanted to be you know provocative and, and make people talk about us uh but yeah i spit in an ashtray that was the dumbest thing i've ever fucking done in my life Mm. just basted myself yeah because
1: yeah because you get the you get the blast back but then you also have that last little string of drool that (laughs) sticks on to somebody's caprice limb yeah exactly
2: (laughs) man well so i mean you and i (laughs) you and i have been around each other a long time and well, I don't know where you were. Were you born in Anchorage? Or were you born in Wasilla?
1: I was born at a at a midwifery across the street from Providence in oh, okay. Anchorage. Um, but yeah, it was a my my grandparents on my mom's side lived. Um, my grandma still lives in the same house, but they were they were in South Anchorage, yeah. and um, we moved um, basically from the the gateway on the Kenai side. Or no, the little Sioux side of Hatcher's Pass until I was seven. And then once I turned seven, we really moved it up to a uh, a little house on uh, on Fairview Loop. Okay. Um, kind of, you know, a few miles up Connects. So we were, you know, we went from a, a house that was on two acres that my parents purchased for $18,000 to a two and a half acre house that was purchased for $50,000. So we really we really got bougie <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was the 90s. Everyone yeah. was kind of kind of going for it.
2: Man, I'm trying to I'm trying to think where we actually met. I think it might have been at Jerry's house or something because I went to when we first moved up to the mainland in Alaska there, I went to Wasilla High and I filled out all the paperwork or Wasilla Middle School. And mm-hmm. they said, "Oh, you're a mile outside of our our boundaries. You go to Colony." And so yeah. I'd still think how different my life would be if I went to Wasilla. But you were at Wasilla. Jerry kind of went between both. It seemed like. Um, Man,
1: I I lost so many friends in 1993 because of that kind of new jurisdiction boundary thing. Yeah, um, there was a lot of a lot of kids because I was, I was, I, like I was. You know, out towards Kinnick, but I was also wrapped halfway around Fairview Loop, so it was kind of like you were making your way back around again. Yeah. Um. So a lot of kids that just lived across the street or, like, down the road a bit, you know, suddenly became colony kids.
2: Yeah. And that was, um, yeah, it was so weird that in a small town like that, there was three schools, like, you know, it, it's insane. Yeah. And they seemed full to us, I guess, at the time. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. by the time I graduated from Wasilla, I feel like the, the graduating class was only like 65 kids, but going in, it was like three or 400. It yeah. Was, it was huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's totally batshit when Dude. I, when I try and look back and think about that stuff. Well, you and, um,
2: like you and I, I don't it know. It was either, we-
1: I know, I know where it was because I was thinking about this. I was waiting for this phone call and I was trying to think of our history and, um, and it was either at the Harmony House or the Java Joint, um, where I, I, I saw Nice Guy Eddie play. Okay. Um, and then shortly thereafter, we opened for you at the same place. Um, and you guys played a completely different set through completely different equipment. And it's like your professionalism <laughs> had gone from two to ten. So I wasn't really worried <laughs> about it. Like, we just kind of played a loud, you know, punk-ass whatever show where I just wanted to make sure that, you know, my guitar was louder than your guitar, yeah. <laughs> and that was the only thing I cared about. <laughs> and then you guys played, like, a really tight 12-song set, and I was like, well, shit. <laughs> we,
2: we practiced a lot, man, and I'd—yeah, i I'd never—that's how I learned to play guitar was from, from Nick and Joe, then, you know, yeah. Anatomy of a Ghost and everything else, but— it's weird to think like we we were so many i don't think we were ever in a band together maybe we jammed once or twice with jerry but i don't think we were ever in an actual band together you and i we were always like playing shows together with our our actual bands but i always remember this,
1: there, yeah i, I we, we might be going towards the same kind of memory here but there was one moment where i was home for the holidays i want i want to say it was like Maybe December 2000 Or early 2001 Where I feel like we were actually out at one of your guys' Houses um, yeah. and, and and Jerry was there And we had all just <laughs> Discovered the Get Up Kids yes. In like the same week And then Jerry and I And I feel like Nick maybe Played like a, a weird reunion Section 8 set oh my <laughs> Where God. we just played all all those songs that we could remember yeah. and sang all the lyrics. We could remember, and you were definitely chiming in, helping out with choruses and stuff like that. So Dude. again, again, yeah. as like the supporter and the cheerleader, you've always been there. <laughs> you know, we, that was that was eighteen years ago, and so I'm sure, ready. I'm sure you probably still remember a hook or two from that whole thing.
2: I probably do, <laughs> and that's the, and I think that's one of the trips where. You were always into like interesting. It, it's weird. Like, I think I think back on it, and I may be remembering this wrong, but I remember you letting me borrow like some CDs from like bands that had like a big single and then did nothing else. But you're like, no, this record's so good. Like, it was uh, like, like, not, su- not like a surf. Super, super,
1: and, dra- super drag or not a surf yes, or any of that kind of and stuff. And you were told, totally,
2: but the Seattle scene was so different than the Portland scene like yeah. what people were into. And then, so like you and I like tons of hit, like it's all like our history in Alaska. No one would know anything about because, uh, listening because it's all like little local bands and everything else. But yeah, we both moved down from Alaska. I moved to Portland with the guys and you moved to Seattle and you're still in Seattle. You're in Seattle right now. Um, I'm,
1: I'm looking at Puget sound right now. Yeah. yeah.
2: So but you went like a whole different path like we went down this like total like weird like we were like punk rock kids and then we discovered like new metal and uh like vagrant records and things like that and went down this other path and then screamo and you went down the path of like this like rad like strokes garagey kind of seattle sound
1: well that that stuff all came later. Like we were we were all confused in the year 2000, <laughs> let's be honest. Like we thought computers were going to stop existing. Yeah. Um so it was kind of a devil may care time. Sure. Um Is this is this a good point to just go on a monologue? Sure. Cool. Okay. Um so
2: yeah, this is basically, free form, man.
1: Basically right before I moved, um I don't know how the guidance counselors were um, at Colony. Oh god! But they were pretty fucking cool at Wasilla High. We had this guy named John Hill. Um, no relation to the record producer John Hill. Um, but basically, he was just like he got me. He got what I was doing. He got that I was checked out of academia, but I was still like a smart kid. But I was disenfranchised. It's mm-hmm. like I I have watched your grades plummet from, you know, just like this honor society level to, to just basement floor, rock bottom, like you're not even showing up kind of stuff. Um, but they tell me you're pretty good at music. So why don't you just go, why don't you go move somewhere and like, I don't know, start a band or make some friends or find some like-minded people. Cause there's a lot of disenfranchised 18 and 19 year olds in the world that are, trying to do the same thing sure um and at the same time that kind of dovetailed with the fact that I had been I had had a few jobs in Alaska but I had what I what I considered to kind of be my first like potential career at that point I was working um I was working for my grandfather out in Merrill Field and uh he worked out of a hangar Mm -hmm. um working on Cessnas it was a little shop called Air Parts which was basically like a, you know, like a Cessna 172 Skyhawk kind of salvage yard. Okay. Um, so he would go fly out to crash sites and either get the plane back in the air or buy the wreck, you know, for cash and then strip it and have a warehouse full of parts. Um, so he paid me very little for a very long time through high school. Uh-huh. Um, you know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. I was just in there like you know washing blood off of altimeters and like just (laughs) scrubbing up parts to put on the shelf to sell and then I graduated high school I had been there for a couple years and suddenly he started paying me a lot for a small amount of time and that was very much a choice that I could make like I could stay there you know I could you know get um whatever girl i was dating at wasilla high school at that point pregnant and uh you know like keep working (laughs) at that job and have my life and do my thing or i could just like you know go chaotic with it and throw it into a blender and say fuck it um so i said fuck it and weirdly enough it's it's you know there's been a few points in my life where i've been able and willing to just say fuck it and it's you know, it's, it's been uncomfortable for an amount of time and then it, it, it all sort of works out because I'm stubborn and I just stick to whatever I'm doing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's, I didn't see, I didn't know any of that. I didn't know anything
1: um, about you. I think I have already down. There's a, there's a real crazy side note to all that. Okay. Um, basically, um, I kind of, I kind of. I kind of gauge a person and and judge a person based on what they do when there's no obligations hanging on their head. Um, So right now I'm working on finally getting my pilot's license and getting all the certifications I can with that. Okay. And uh, again, it kind of goes back to that whole Cessna thing. Like that was definitely the biggest part of, of my world in my life. And uh, now I've, Found this instructor in the Bay Area, and uh, I'm just trying to get back up in the air um, independently because, like, airplanes to me are just, you know, I I don't know what our state bird actually is in Alaska. I assume it's the bald eagle. It's
2: probably not. (laughs) What is it? It's the... Oh, man. I can see it. It's not the magpie. No. (laughs)
1: Shit. It's it's the Cessna 172.
2: Okay. It's the
1: Cessna 172 is what the favorite is of yeah. Alaska. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm just 100% <laughs> convinced. You know, you look at percentage of population that have pilot's license and Alaska is number 1 by like a factor of 500%. You know, like we, <laughs> yes. we we're just crazy about little planes up there cuz yeah. that's such a such a way of living. So, um, you know, when I'm when I'm left to my own devices and I've got my time and all that kind of stuff, that's, that's what I want to work on.
2: Man, that's rad. That's rad. And so like, yeah, when you have time too, <laughs> cause you're so which, damn busy. Which,
1: yeah. Which, which I do and I don't. Yeah. Um, like I'm sure Zach kind of let you in all on a little bit of what our schedule looks like right now.
2: Yeah, um, he did
1: but 2019 ain't gonna look like 2018 yeah and it ain't gonna look like 2017 and <laughs> on and on and on like we we have to control off delete this thing yeah like we gotta we gotta make a new record and come out with a new look and you know uh we've played so many of the uh, of the same markets so many times <laughs> in the last couple of years
2: yeah Man. kind
1: of a, an example that we use a lot is, you know, in 18 months, we played Toronto, Ontario five times. Jesus. <laughs> we, we just played the fuck out of Toronto. <laughs> they don't, they don't need us right now. They, <laughs> yeah, they don't they need, need a portable band give, <laughs> give another band a chance and we'll come back with something new, something fresh.
2: So. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So, uh,
1: yeah. I'm like we're we're transitional we're trying to work on new stuff but at the same time I'm trying to figure out like what makes me happy yeah and ultimately you know any anytime that I've been in a small airplane in my life I've looked down um literally looked down my nose at people <laughs> on the ground and been like you guys are all doing this so wrong <laughs> you could just be up here going wherever you know hearing yeah. that hum of the propeller and the engine and God, that's just always been a super important part of my existence and it's a it's a real real special thing
2: yeah man i too man that's funny i've had that feeling because not on the level that you've had it you know where it changes your life but i did the job shadowing thing in high school and i was like dude i'm gonna i'm gonna go big my neighbor's a pilot for uh P- peninsula air or whatever it was yeah um, Pen air yeah yeah, yeah. pen air and he took me up in his Cessna and we flew over Colony High School and I took pictures of it to show people like, this is what I'm doing with my day off, pretty much. It was rad. And he's like, hey, why don't you just look take at the how, controls? Look at how small that football field is. Come yeah. Fuck, yeah. Come on. Yeah. And he let me take the controls and it was just like, "What? wait, what? And he starts reading a magazine. I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm sure it was on some kind of autopilot or something. I don't know if they even have it in a Cessna, but I was like, I was literally like controlling the fucking plane. It was insane.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Peck, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more.
0: I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists.
1: Trust me, these conversations go
2: some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives we're not going to have any left so i appreciate it peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure
1: if it was anything close to close to mine they'd be like you know take the controls for a bit and then you know the pilot would go back into the back and start looking for you know a passport or something (laughs) and 10 seconds later he'd turn back around and be like i thought i told you to stay on this heading (laughs) like i thought i was i don't know (laughs) like that's that's kind of the fun thing about it you think you think that you're doing a good job because you're just not bumping around but yeah ultimately like that's that's my favorite thing about flying little planes is uh they're just kind of gonna go where they're gonna go sure and you can make
2: you can make suggestions otherwise. (laughs) That's insane. That's insane. uh, Yeah. Man. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about on this, and we don't have to, but um, on this episode is you, you had a pretty amazing, not amazing is the wrong word, massive life change happened to you back when I was still touring and I was removed somewhat from it to where, uh, when you had your accident, um, I don't know the whole story that happened with that. I don't know the story of the recovery from that. And I don't, all I remember is leaving for tour, getting a phone call. John got a phone call that Eric was in an accident and he's paralyzed and we all just they fucking stopped the van, pulled over. What the fuck? And it was kind of came to, I was hearing about it through the uh john and and maybe zach that had been in communication with your family and what was going on um and i was just removed enough that i didn't really get a lot of the story i kind of heard roughly what happened but i wanted i mean that's a massive fucking thing that i wanted to talk about with cool. you and, and like i said we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to talk about it but um
1: No, here's, 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 here's why I love you, man. Um, a lot of, a lot of times, you know, I'm in, I'm in kind of a weird position where people, um, sometimes want to hear me talk. And if, if, and when anything in that avenue is going to come up, usually there's this whole kind of sensitivity, uh precursor interview that happens where they're like, okay, at some point the interviewer might bring this thing up. Are you comfortable talking about this? I love that you just fucking go for it because well, the less we're friends.
2: The less power you know?
1: we're we're friends and the less power that you give the stigma, like, you know, the more sort of normalized and get on with yourself it becomes. Yeah. Um but yeah, the the, the other thing I'll I'll kind of point out there is even even today, um, when I'm touring with John and he finds out that, you know, a friend or a family member um, is facing some kind of adversity, like, he'll proverbially stop the van and pull it over yeah. and be like, what the fuck? Like, that's a super empathetic dude. Yeah. And, and him and Zach were two of the first guys that came and saw me in the hospital afterwards. They didn't have to. They just did. Yeah. Um, so, you know, bless them. That's, that's huge.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, ultimately, you know, growing up in Alaska, you do, you do crazy shit all the time. Like you jump into rivers and, um, you know, most of, most of your friends have guns or four wheelers or fucking whatever. Um, and you just do dumb shit. So I had done dumb shit my whole life. What got me was literally sitting on like a ledge and <laughs> it and it falling back. Like I'm I'm actually kind of pissed off that the thing that broke my spine and kind of set me back was so just basic. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz yeah, I had done so much crazy shit, you know? Like I've I've you know I, I i lived a proper you know teenager's life in the yeah. valley yeah and did all kinds of stupid shit um but i mean you know everyone's everyone's story is a little different with a spinal injury but yeah the the upshot is um you know for the last 11 years or so i've kind of had to normalize and get around the fact that um you know, I've been a complete paraplegic, um, but it's only again, like even us talking about it, like it's only when it comes up in conversation that I even realize I'm different. Yeah. I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like a three-legged dog most of the time. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, you ask that like three-legged golden retriever, like "Yo, oh, you're so brave. You're such a good boy. How do you get by having three <laughs> legs? And he's just like, what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's like what the fuck are you talking, talking about, about <laughs> yeah i'm just yeah. a good boy i'm just a i'm just a dog yeah
2: um
1: so yeah i don't know it's uh i i like i'm i'm at a place now where um you know i just i get to kind of do my dream job and you know work with my friends and all that kind of stuff and i i realize that's kind of a optimal turnout of the whole situation yeah um so you know there's there's kind of a, a really delicate line for me to dance around and and kind of realize that like not everybody gets to kind of have the same process that I did um it's a it's a crazy thing and you know if uh, if all you ever knew in your whole life was shingling and roofing and this happened to you um, fuck, you know, yeah. Like you have to reinvent yourself. Luckily, I got my fingers, I got my hands, I got a couple guitars. Mm-hmm. Like you know, BB King always sat down to play his solos. So.
2: Yeah. That's
1: a good at point. the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm uh, I'm extraordinarily fortunate um, to 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 just be able to kind of stay course yeah. and keep doing what I wanted to do. Um, so, you know, I, I try not to be dismissive about it, but Mm -hmm. just in terms of personal journey, um, I, I really did, um, kind of get a little bit of a golden ticket in terms of, you know, like, you know, stay in status quo yeah, stay in the course,
2: man. I, yeah, I remember that day and I was just, I, I remember they said, uh, or I think John said that it was from the neck down. And I don't know. Yeah, it, there was.
1: Yeah. There I was, was some, crushed there because was some I knew, oh, my in. God,
2: he can't play guitar. Like, that, can't play music. That's yeah. the first thing that went through my mind was, fuck, what's going to happen? Because it was like so everything I, taken away.
1: So, yeah, again, like, there's, you know, there's a, a whole rainbow coalition of spinal injuries. We've got all these, all these vertebrae and all this wonderful kind of neuropathic. Um, tissue, and you know, the further up you go, uh, you know, the more, the, the the more sort of restricted and limited um, and, and stringent your your aftercare is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty high; I was fairly high, um, but I wasn't anywhere anywhere close to to quadriplegic territory. And I know some badass quads. I know some some quad musicians that. You know, like one of my favorite slide guitarists in the world is a quad, um, so it's it's. I think you know, ultimately, kind of up to you to figure it out. But I definitely, um, I definitely got lucky in that in that regard.
2: Yeah, you did, and 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 man, what a what a fucking ride! And then, yeah. So when I want to, I want to kind of talk about too when. When you got involved with Portugal, because I didn't know about it until I think you'd been playing with them for a while before, or at least like either writing or rehearsing with them for a while before I, I think Johnny told me that, uh, or no, it was Zach. It was like, Oh, Oh, I know what it was. It was, it was the first set of Edgefield shows, I think. And, uh, him and I were talking, oh, I back like, then? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Was He's like, Eric's going to actually be playing with us. I was like, really? That's awesome. And then, I didn't know that you'd been like riding and, and and doing like a bunch of stuff with them at the time. And I so, it,
1: so if, if, if memory serves me right, um, like I I had done a couple of one-off festivals with them mm-hmm. or in and around like 2014, 2015. Um, I think that first Edgefield show was when the boys were still doing main support for Cage, right? Cage the Elephant. Yes. Is that-
2: yes yeah
1: so that was that was my first like kind of you know big tour proper. and God, what a what a crazy pool to jump into. you know, like at that <laughs> yeah. point, Cage was, you know, uh, Cage was playing basketball arenas and, and just these these, you know megalith places. and that was kind of my introduction to what it's like to be a touring member of the band. So yeah. um, so that was huge was enormous and and what a cool thing to kind of leap into yeah um like I, I feel like maybe my my fourth show with those guys was the bell center in montreal which is a seventeen thousand person arena you know it's jesus christ psych psychotic <laughs> um so and again like the pressure is kind of off and the guys are having you know a, a good time because they're off album cycle and you know people Friends is a few years old at this point. Yeah. And they're just, they're just on the road to be on the road and because they love Cage. Um, so the, uh, the, the, the sort of just, you know, stress and tension and pressure is definitely mitigated at that point. They're yeah. just, they're in it for a good time, you know? Um, and that's what I got to waltz myself right into. Um, but I will, I, you know, I will say around the time that you were still definitely in touch with the guys, um, there was, we were in talks and again, part of the reason that they came out and visited me in, in, in the hospital was we were in talks for me joining the evil friends touring lineup, uh-huh. um, when, when all that went down, um, which I was admittedly pretty hesitant about just because. I had been keeping track of y'all, you know, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. keeping, keeping tabs on my And I'm like, fuck me. They're in Germany for 400 days, you know, <laughs> like, you guys, <laughs> like the band was just from day one. Like I, I had joined up with some touring outfits and like, I had, I, I felt like I was a road dog doing my, you know, 40 or 50 days on the road every year. And mm-hmm. then here you guys are just, Fuck it, like <laughs> fuck my apartment, fuck my job, fuck my girlfriend. Like, yeah, I live, I I now live in in Germany. <laughs> and like it was just, it was crazy to me. Um, so there was you know like I don't I I I don't know if I ever got the job, but I was definitely a, a second call interview kind of guy that <laughs> you know felt like so. <laughs> you know, I think the boss likes me, you know, I think he responded well to me. So, so I don't know, like there was, there was that kind of level of trepidation and just knowing that your whole camp was just gung ho and fucking psychotic in terms of just going for it. Um, and then that went down and, and I don't know, like I, I, I took a little bit of time off and played a couple of shows with the Lashes and got the taste again. And then I started joining a bunch of other touring bands just to kind of stay on the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just you know, if you, if you, if you got that disease, <laughs> and, and you've and you've tasted the medication for it, like you'll you'll just do whatever it takes to get back there. I
2: oh hell yeah, hell yeah, dude. That's that's uh, yeah. But then. So then everything changed. Then what the other side of the coin is uh, recording, get Woodstock together. That comes out, and it's no longer the Caged the Elephant tour. It's no longer off cycle. It's full fucking blast. But the cool thing there is those guys didn't experience that kind of shit before either. So you guys kind of all got it in the face at the same time is what it seems like to me.
1: They, they had already done way more than I had done at, at that point in my career. You know, like I, I, I kind of tried to keep it alive, but you know, I, I know what you're saying and I totally hear what you're saying, but I, I do feel like just kind of going into it, you know, their, their, their font size on the festival show posters <laughs> went up a bit, but it didn't go from bottom line to top line. Like they put True. the work in.
2: True. Yes, absolutely. those, those
1: those dudes are just crazy workers. Um, so the fact that there was already kind of this this bedrock of of ethic and you know ethos and all that, um, you know, getting getting just like a fluke hit when we're all just you know, kind of <laughs> pale chubby out of shape thirty seven year old Alaskan dudes <laughs> <laughs> is like way better. Getting it if we were like you know, skinny, fashion mulleted 16 year old, you oh know, god, hot shots from wherever, <laughs> yes, you know. Oh <laughs> um, my god, like, thank god, thank god that you know, everyone ev- everyone had kind of seen some shit at yeah. that point,
2: because, yeah, man. Because, oh my gosh, I remember watching like just on Facebook and stuff, just say, you know, how you were, I like, think you were chronicling all the flights, like. Only 27 more flights this year or something like that. Like, just, Dude. like, holy shit. <laughs> Literally just globetrotting yes. and fucking interview after interview. Like, I always felt bad because I was like, you know, anytime I would talk to, to either, like, you or Zach or John, like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? I was like, no, you probably don't want to come Like, You fucking talk about this shit all the time. <laughs> but hopefully it's a lot less pressure because... It's just a conversation, you know. Like where I remember landing in Germany for the first time, I literally hadn't slept uh, like at all. I took like I don't know three or four Tylenol PMs on the plane, couldn't sleep. I went to the hotel, crashed out for like five hours. They were doing interviews that whole time, and then came back yeah. and woke me up. And like I was like, what? What? Isn't
1: isn't interviews? that a, isn't that isn't that a dirty guilty feeling oh. where you wake up and someone is like, oh no, I got it. I covered it. Yeah. Don't worry.
2: Yeah, and you're just like, oh, just
1: like oh. No matter how <laughs> exhausted you are, no matter how just like everyone should be on my level, I I know that feeling of just waking up and someone's like,
2: no, I got you. <laughs> yeah, and okay. Like ah, oh. just re- the the back of the <laughs> back of the fingers to the cheek, just shh, it's okay. I've got yeah. you. I've got this. Yeah. You just you just snuggle up and and uh, I'll deal with Rolling Stone. Just go ahead and go back to sleep. Uh, yeah, yeah I hear that. I'll do with Larry King, okay? It's fine. <laughs> I hear that season 5 of Adventure Time is streaming now. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like go to the land of who, go do your thing. <laughs> oh, dude. So, I mean, t- tell me some cool some cool experiences you've had through this ride. I mean, is there things that stand out to you like holy oh. shit moments spinal tap moments i mean this is so, this is the stuff that we talk about in the van or the but like just hilarious things that have happened or crazy things that have happened i talked to zach a little bit about it but um i know johnny has stories too but you guys are all going through this together i mean was there anything yeah, that stands out to you over this last year that was just like what the fuck or well
1: zach is a uh, zach is humble as shit yes, so i kind of think i already know what his answer was like he's like oh no man it's crazy it's all crazy you know yeah um pretty much it (laughs) like no i i i get it i've seen him say that and it's it's a question that comes up it's like what's the craziest thing that you guys have done i oh my gosh you know like that the the sort of mendoza line of insanity gets raised every time that you do something new and crazy sure um so when you when you do stuff that kind of reflects you know (laughs) a a, a growth of of the village and everyone's kind of like coming up and and unlocking bigger locks and getting into crazier rooms um it's it's just hard to keep the perspective I, i would say you know like Doing doing the Ellen show Once is crazy Doing it twice is fucking insanity um, <laughs>
2: My kids watched know. that My kids watched that I came home from work Dude everyone should watch Ellen She's Dude, the best. My, um, <laughs> my five year old and my seven year old Watched that and loved it they, Yeah, It was awesome That was so cool
1: Yeah and I mean you know uh, being, being on the TV Being on the old picture radio No matter
2: who's yeah, running
1: the show Is it's, it's pretty crazy, but when you when you meet someone like Ellen, who's just so unlike the rest of them, and she's so not a good old boy, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We were, the, the first time we, we went in and did it, you know, we're, we're sound checking and the crew is setting stuff up. She just grabs, like, a foldable chair, kind of drags it to the front of the stage, grabs a second foldable chair to use as an ottoman, puts that in front of the first chair sits down kicks up kicks up her feet and just watches her sound check and she's like cracking jokes with us you know like yeah. yeah yeah She's just she's just there like there's absolutely no reason for her to be that cool and you can't force being that cool that that that's not an affectation that's just who you are um the second time we saw her uh LA was going through all the fires and the mudslides and she within 45 seconds of seeing us again started crying because one of her neighbors was was out of out of home and you know like misplaced and you know just that's that's just pure empathy Um, I think I think she's pretty much as good as people get (laughs) Um, so for her to kind of, you know, handpick us yeah. and, and grab us and be like, you guys were pretty good last time. Do it again. You know, like that's, <laughs> that's, that's insane.
2: Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of people that can say, oh, we're we doing Ellen again. Yeah. Or Conan again. Or, you know, well, well, I guess there are some. That's, that's, I don't know. Uh, did, it, I hear something about, did you guys play a song twice on Fallon and he had to like leave or something? So he's like, getting he, the audience all fucking hyped up? Dude, he was so
1: good to us. Um that was that was a hundred percent um just him kind of doing us a solid um because I I don't know the exact story, but I, I, I wanna say and John, if you're listening, um I'm so sorry, man, but I think <laughs> that you told the group that you messed up the the, the second verse lyrics. Um oh, that's right. I, I feel I feel like it was just a moment where he he sang half of the wrong line and then and then just kind of stopped. Yeah, and then finished yeah. out the song and it was fine. Um, and Fallon was like, "Okay, that was Portugal the Man. That was pretty good. Okay, we're gonna do one more take, but this one's only for audience reaction. So really play it up, like big smiles, clap your hands. All right, here we go. In three, <laughs> two, you know." And he just fucking old school TV the shit out of it.
2: That's rad, Dude. Yeah
1: which, that's a that's a lost art. The only way that you know how to do that is if you spent your first five years of your career um, where basically Horatio Sands is trying to crack you up. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> you're like, Horatio Sands spent so much of his energy trying to make Jimmy Fallon <laughs> fuck up his lines that I think he just gets that moment where he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do it again but this time with enthusiasm
2: <laughs> he spent his first five years in the hot tub at the Welshley arms hotel oh my god or as leather leather man with
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh name god. name a more iconic duo
2: yeah I'll wait dude that's <laughs> i love it i love it man that's it and i mean you guys have got to do some cool shit and it's and it's still going and it's gonna continue to keep going but it's just it's uh, and like it's funny that you bring up the cheerleader thing because that's literally what i do like that i'm literally sitting at home watching like a performance of you guys on anything like i'll come in from work like ellen's on and i'm just like oh my god like cause I knew it was coming on, but it was like, I get home like right in that time frame. Um, and the kids are sitting watching it. I'm just like all stoked. And then, uh, I, I forget what it was like Cora, Cora and Grayson don't, uh, associate things. This, like we go over to Johnny's house and get some pears or something off the pear tree. And, and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's, that's who you saw on TV. He sings Texas. The song I think feel it still is called Texas. It's weird. It's a whole story. But, um, <laughs> That, he sings Texas. They're like, nah, no, what? No. They just don't put it together. I was like, uh Yeah. Yeah, you were just watching him on, on this T V show or, or whatever and, and they're like, Ah, no, no. They just don't even buy it. Mm-hmm. Like they think it's it's hilarious. But um the the coolest thing is is what I was telling Zach too, is I I'm literally thinking like what are these guys thinking right now? You know, like or right before it's gonna happen if it's live, like, oh my god, I'm just wondering like you know, and I'm like like cheering on from the sidelines, you know. Because for me, I'm really happy that I'm not doing that because I couldn't stand <laughs> to be away from my kids that long, you know? Um Yeah. But and we've and
1: we've got a couple of those in the band now. Like yeah. now that now that Jason's got, you know, a one and one third year old and, and Francis is just, you know, a tiny <laughs> tiny adult. <laughs> yes, um, yes, it's oh god the best adult um it's crazy you know like i i i feel i feel real real deep for those guys that have to go these kind of marathon halls without their littles
2: yeah
1: you know jason jason missed uh <laughs> he missed his i don't know why i'm laughing it's tragic he missed his, his son's first birthday yeah and it was it was a thing that was on the calendar for like you know 11 and three quarters months yeah (laughs) where it's like do not book a show 12 months from now because it's my son's first birthday and that was you know a a, a huge a huge you know end of tour alaskan show and he's like god damn it okay fine wow it's it's a it's a huge thing and i think that's a lot of what feel it still was born out of it's just kind of john's anxieties of of being away from his his daughter that's you know making up her her own mind and kind of creating her own personality and her own rules and everything um so i feel i feel for those guys i can't i can't fully wrap my head around it um, because i'm not there but i i see i see i see the hurt and i feel for those
2: dudes yeah absolutely i i and i just think like When I get home every night, I'm just like, I've seen all this awesome shit that's going on. But at the same time, like, man, I've done a lot of that to a degree. Like, Mm -hmm. I know what it's, I don't, I don't know the degree that you guys are on now, but I do, I have satisfied enough of that dream to be comfortable doing something else and not having like the what if. I think that's the only way I could have stopped is if I had truly felt like I had done something that I, you know, had been trying for since I was, you know, a teenager um that makes it definitely easier on my end but um yeah you just have such just, a cool thing it's, going. It, it's such weird perspective
1: you know like well there's 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 so many different group text chats that happen um you know it's like <laughs> only the band the band plus manager the band plus whoever the band plus sound you know only the sound guys only the crew and like there's just all these all these kinds of things. But, um, there's, there's a kind of regular thing that happens where, or happened, which we're, we're super fortunate to have been a part of, Mm -hmm. but basically it's a, you know, our manager texting us like, Hey, you guys are on the soundtrack for this regional ad out of Grand Rapids, Michigan for this, whatever outlet and john and john is so good at just immediately writing back like is that good (laughs) you know is that is is that cool did we want that you know like were we were we in competition for anyone else for that (laughs) (laughs) um so that kind of takes the piss out of things a little bit uh being like having that that internal monologue voice of like, ah, is is that good? Yeah, <laughs> with everything that you do, <laughs> is uh, incredibly helpful.
2: Yeah, I bet. He, <laughs> he always he's done that forever. He's he's yeah. done that forever since the since the early before we'd even got on tour. Is that good? <laughs> what what is that? What is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so glad well, it's I'm... still going.
1: I know I, I know he used to call you uh do like Dewey. Oh. <laughs> Dewey, do really
2: <laughs> Dewey. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah
1: yeah you'll be pleased to know that your your legacy uh, continues on
2: oh perfect <laughs> yeah we've been through some ups and downs him and i through the years but oh. yeah we were just young kids when anatomy started and yeah we would go at each other's throats and and then yeah, him and Logan even... would fight like crazy, and then Logan ended up marrying him and Zoe. So <laughs> it's, you grow yeah. up and you, you you expand in a lot of ways, physically and and mentally. But, like, yeah, it's awesome. I just love seeing my friends doing something cool, regardless whether it's entertainment or with work or with kids or whatever. It's just awesome to see, you know, where everyone ends up, you know, or has ended up for the time being you know and and you
1: i i just i just owe you a debt and oh no you don't i know we kind of tread tread over this a little bit but honestly like i you know there's not a lot of blueprints for what we were trying to do back in the day um you know i could try and be you know like uh (laughs) i guess you know (laughs) like the drummer of 36 crazy fists or, you uh-huh. know, like I, there, there just wasn't, there wasn't a set path for kids like us out of the town to do it. You know, guys like us wanted to do. Um, and it always kind of seemed to me like you had a better grasp over so much of this stuff than anyone else I was talking to. So, so I really do like, I, I you know, I, I respect what you're doing now and uh, always, always liked your your songwriting and your craft and and uh your aesthetics and what you were doing back in the day so uh good to talk to you man
2: dude yeah i i appreciate i appreciate the words man and i and i i it means a lot to me coming from you you know and the same thing looking up to to you and what you're doing you were always such an amazing musician you know, you're doing drums guitar and then oh yeah i know that song and just play you and harvey both would just play anything like and and I always looked at your style. Like you had this, you have this really interesting style where you have really long fingers and you play almost sideways. And it was always like, how is he playing that fast, that have way? the shittiest, the it's shittiest fucking technique. Weird, but, it, but you make it work. It's you horrible. always have. I would just watch your hands. Like, what the fuck is he doing? But like the notes are coming out and everything's right. And it was like. That's interesting, you know? It's like watching people that play guitar really low and they, they cup their hand instead of using their thumb as like a, 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 a support on their hand or their, on their uh, fingering hand where they're almost just sliding it along the neck and and still Dude, having just, to hit solos and everything else. It's fucking crazy. I'm
1: just a left-handed kid that couldn't afford left-handed scissors. Dude. It's
2: fine. <laughs> it's well, Eric, dude, I I appreciate the time, man, and and uh, we need to get together in person soon. We can, and um, I'm going to be in. I don't know when you're going down to the studio. I'm going to be in L.A. next weekend for a couple days, um, but you may you may still be in Seattle at that time.
1: Um, I'm back and forth a lot, and uh, all of my flight school stuff is in the Bay Area, okay. so uh, I'll be. Plus, uh, I got a girlfriend that lives in Pasadena, so I'm <laughs> I'm just like. I'm mono mono coastal. Yeah, but, you are. Um, I'm I'm real good with that north south
2: stuff. So, Dude, uh, soon. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, I really appreciate it and and uh, it's awesome, you know, being friends for so long and and I mean, it's just something I really value is having friends still from middle school high school time than just it's it's we all went through the same times and the same technology and things like that. We're just everything. We kind of just on the same level. And it's just, it's awesome to, to get to talk to you. So, um, so good. I really Um, appreciate it. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Eric Hawk from Portugal, the man, my good buddy from the back in the day, back in middle school and high school, uh, all the way through today. And, uh, I know we had some good inside stuff on there, but hopefully you guys gathered a lot from it. Um, Eric's just a fascinating guy has had an amazing life and continues to do great things and one of the best guitar players I've ever seen and even back in the garage I mean one watching him play he was one of the best guitar players around especially in in our area um, and just continues to blow minds so I'm stoked to uh to hear this new Portugal the man record they're working on Um, I know he's doing his pilot's license all sorts of cool stuff so we got a lot of cool episodes coming out as well in the coming weeks um, but I definitely want you guys again to check out Stumptown mattress, uh, Stumptownmattress.com. get yourselves one of these things, man. They will change your world. Um, you'll feel weightless and cool and comfortable. and you know it's it sounds sounds weird to say this. you know, but a mattress can have a huge impact on your whole your day to day, you know, your week to week, your overall attitude, your mood, your back. I mean, my back pain is gone. It's, it's insane guys. StumptownMattress.com. Check them out. They've been a great partner to the show and put a lot of faith in us as well. So, uh, let definitely, if you do pick up a mattress, let them know Dewey and Pure pleasure sent you, uh, uh pure pleasurepodcast.com hit up the website for all the new updates and everything else as usual. And, uh, we're going to get out of here and move on to the next week. And there's more great stuff to come guys. So as usual, we'll see you on the radio.